welcome back. You're listening to Dyson Slice, Pathfinder 2nd Edition Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Dyson Slice. We're here today to talk about the Druid. Uh, I'm David. You've heard from me before on the discussions. Today, we have uh, Beth and Ian with us. Say hi, guys. Hi there. Hello. All right. So, we're going to talk about the Druid. I'm going to get the bad joke out of the way. Are we ready to get in the weeds? (laughs) That's really terrible. All right. Bad for writing it. (laughs) Don't feel bad. I, I do feel a little bit bad. So, if we're starting in on the Druid... I want to first highlight what's different. So if we're taking Pathfinder 1 and comparing it to Pathfinder 2, what are the core differences? And the one thing I'm going to say, and I may get flack for this, if you want to give me flack for this, it's fine. I'm on Twitter. Come tweet at me. Pathfinder 2 Druid is better. It feels more druidy. So the Pathfinder 1 druid in many ways was, in my opinion, trying to do too much. You know, you had shapeshifting, you had casting, you had an animal companion, and there were things that you could take uh, archetypes uh, that would give you different things. But It was trying to be everything, if that makes sense. Which made it also one of the most powerful classes in Pathfinder 1. I think now what the Druid is trying to do, and we'll get into it more, but it's kind of making you pick what kind of Druid you want to be. So... Instead of being a caster druid and a shaper druid and a healing druid and all these things, now it's saying, what is your focus? And it's doing that through the specific orders. So that's going to be the biggest difference between one and two are the orders. So, being our resident druid, in what order are you? Uh, I've actually gone with the wild order. Um, I was kind of wanting to play a character that was a bit of a thrill seeker, and I was wanting to then kind of use that concept to. He's basically been off the walls his whole life and. His natural progression from that is to then start shape-shifting into new forms to get that new bit of excitement. Cool. So kind of a real seeker. So that's kind of what I went with. And then it just sounds like a ridiculously fun class. So that, it looked really good. When we're comparing the orders to Pathfinder 1, the only thing that I think you're going to get that has that same sort of feel 
to it were the domains. So much in Pathfinder 2 where the clerics have the, their domains, druids had that. So some of the uh, common domains would be um, the Arctic doma- domain. So you'd have something that was uh, environment-based. And then you could have something, say, the Panther domain, uh, which was more animal-based. Uh, so there were a lot of those some of the domains were more environmental while others were more um i guess animal is the only <laughs> only yeah. word that i can come up with yeah i was almost tempted to go barbarian and try and make that work with it as well because mm-hmm. you have the animal orders you can take mm-hmm. there but it didn't seem like it had as much flexibility with what i wanted to do so Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's totally fair. So before we get into the Pathfinder 2 class as a whole, let's talk about some ancestries that fit. I wanted to really highlight Elf. And, of course, I want to highlight Goblin. Uh, but I know Ian, you had your uh character Emrys, who is uh half elf, half elf. That's right. Yep. And then you yep. also there was another uh ancestry you thought would fit really well. So I I wanted you to talk a little bit about why you thought the dwarf was a good fit. I mean, this is just purely from the mechanics standpoint of it, but all of the the strengths and weaknesses of the dwarf kind of match exactly Mm -hmm. what you'd want especially in um the wild kind of build i've gone so where constitution and strength is important um you can do good with both those wisdom is your key spell modifier you get wisdom and charisma you're generally a bit of a outcast loner in the first place mm-hmm. and your ability for being charisma it kind of all plays into the character and the kind of the core stats that you would want so that was kind of my thought on dwarf could be a good choice elf again human is always a good choice and then um i kind of liked some of the feats to do with half health where i can get extra speed and low light vision etc which i kind of again thought plays quite nicely into being a druid having some of Mm -hmm. those um, additional abilities now i thought human was going to be a a good choice yeah but david you had a different point of view didn't you yeah, uh, I'll get there in, in just a second. I wanted to comment on Goblin and Dwarf. Um, I mean, a Goblin would make an interesting role play as a Druid. Yeah. But you, you, you hamstring yourself right off the bat because you get your your flaw in wisdom. Yeah. But, you know, you can, you can, you know, spend your other points however you want. Uh, but a, a Dwarf, I just think role play wise, I always think of Dwarfs as you know, 
in mountains and rocks, not right. trees and animals and stuff. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, yeah. Law, law wise, it might be a bit more difficult coming up with your story, but in terms of the raw stats, it, it seems. Yeah, I, I can, I can agree with that. Um, and I, one of the, one of the things that I, I typically think about when I think of a druid is I think of an outcast or a loner who is alone in the woods. And as far as a dwarf goes, that, that would also work there because you wouldn't be with the rest of the dwarves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. But, but then, so to my point where I don't think humans make good druids. Yeah. I, mean, I want to hear about this. They make good anything mechanically. So that's fine. I, but I don't think role play wise humans make good druids because they don't live long enough. Okay. I don't think they live long enough to truly appreciate nature and animals the way that a dwarf or an elf, I guess I don't know the uh, life expectancy of a goblin. Uh, so goblins mature very early, but if yeah. I remember correctly, they live longer than humans. If, if just, they don't die. Yeah. Yeah. It, well, yeah. It's just they have a tendency right. to can live 50 years or more. Okay. So a little bit, sh much shorter than yeah. what I was thinking, but still. Um, yeah. It, it's, it's harder for me to picture a human outside of a city in the forest like that. But that, that's just me. Yeah, I can kind of see that, actually. I was thinking what sort of life would lead you down that path. And I almost think of, like, hedge witches. But that's a little bit different than a druid. Now, for right now, that may be the only way that that sort of idea can be played out. Eventually, we'll get the witch, though. So, spoiler yeah. alert. They haven't announced it when, but it'll, it'll come. It was the other one that they were uh, thinking about doing besides uh, Alchemist. I still wish they had. Which is my absolute favorite class. But anyway. We're here to talk about the Druid, not about my obsession with witches. Alright, so... Uh... Ready to talk about basic mechanics about the druid here? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, uh, your basics, you know, train skills, proficiencies. You're you're an expert in will saving throws, but you're trained in everything else. Uh, you get nature right off the bat, obviously. Oh my gosh, you get nature for free? I'm shocked. I. I, I sense your shock is not genuine. <laughs> uh, and you get you get trained. You get bah, simple weapons, unarmed attacks, light, medium armor. Uh, but one thing about that, interesting, is that you can't actually use metal objects. Shields or armor. Shields or armor. So I think weapons are, are still okay. Yeah, also, you could still use a metal fork, dude. Oh. Don't use well, that as an excuse to eat with your hands. 
I mean, I am wild, so like, I'm not averse hmm. to eating with my hands. Oh, well, then, then maybe it will be a lot easier to be a druid than I thought. <laughs> I was thinking everything had to be made out of wood. Okay. <laughs> I, I have to fight with a wooden sword. Is that what you're, you're saying? That's what I thought, yeah. <laughs> I am actually just using a club right now, so yeah, it still fits. I'm yeah. pretty sure a club is, in fact, a wooden sword in a yeah. way. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I made that point in one of the other episodes. I remember that. <laughs> That's funny. So when we're breaking down, like I mentioned earlier, one of the core things to a druid in Pathfinder 2 is going to be the orders. So you got four right now. Of course, we're expecting more options as things get released. So we have Animal, Leaf, Storm, and Wild. We've already talked a little bit about Wild. What I thought was interesting is the Leaf order gets a leshy familiar and you know what's coming out just this month what the leshy playable race oh goodness i didn't know that yeah it's uh so uh later this month i think it's late um this month uh let me see here oh no um the 16th of october so middle of the month the uh, Pathfinder Lost Omens character guide is coming out. Looks super cool. Uh, in it, there's going to be the Hobgoblin, the Leshy, and the Lizard Folk. And then some new heritages as well. So, you could, in theory, be a Leshy Druid with a leshy familiar <laughs> and just pollinate the planet. Yeah. A little mini me. Exactly. Uh, yeah. We'll come back to that in a minute. Cause there's a possibly my favorite feat of Pathfinder two. We'll discuss in a little bit here. That's really awesome. So the one thing about leaf and storm, I did want to mention is they actually get an increase in focus points. Uh, so each one, Leaf gives you an additional one, Storm gives you an additional one, which sort of fulfills that caster vibe. So the idea of a Storm Druid casting more spells, like, fits, right? It just fits. Yeah. Uh, wild, obviously, is going to give you Wild Morph. Yeah. Um which allows our druid to turn into things such as a mantis. Yep. What else have we seen so far? Uh, well, you get wild shape. Uh, have I got these the right way around? Wild shape, where I can transform currently just into an insect, and then wild morph, where I can give myself claws. Oh, that's right. So it's extremely frustrating where I think it's the only order where I get two different focus spells at level one but, but you I have to choose so i have to pick i can't like be a stealthy insect and then come out of that and instantly start slashing people i have to kind of do that and then 10 minutes later i can rest and choose to mm -hmm. like do something else so a bit frustrating but maybe be a bit, a bit overpowered if you could kind of do both of those things right off at level one 
So I kind of see where they're going with that. Yeah. Well, and that should be mitigated once you start getting into the higher levels. Yeah, I don't think I get more focus points, but I can then start using spell slots to achieve a lot of the same things. So, yeah, that's how you, you trade it out. Very cool. And then animal order, that's how you get your animal companion. Yeah. Yeah, that and looks pretty awesome. It does. Although, to me, it kind of feels like the weakest of the four. To me, it looked like the most complicated of the four, so I didn't really find it. <laughs> really? <laughs> I, I kind of I couldn't be bothered to read all the companion rules. I'll be oh, okay. I see how it is. But you'll read the wild shape and wild morph. Yeah. <laughs> That's you can't, funny. You can't be bothered with ordering an owl around the room? No. <laughs> I mean, have you seen Sebastian? He doesn't listen very well. <laughs> So, we've talked about the orders, we've talked about kind of the base mechanics. What are some of the highlights of the abilities that you get? Obviously, uh, spells. Yeah, I, I really like the uh, primal spell list. I was I just reading, reading through it just to prep for this. And I was I was kind of trying to look for like a theme, and it seemed like a lot of them had to do with, um, and this makes a lot of sense that the magic is it's it's natural. Mm -hmm. There's there's nothing unnatural about what's occurring. It, Correct. There, there isn't just some random, you know, tentacle that comes from the abyss to do whatever its roots out of the ground or something yeah yeah absolutely because you get so we mentioned already pest form where you turn into a uh bug but then you can also summon animal summon fey and then of course if we're talking about our leshy build uh summon plant <laughs> and then those of course are only going to get better as you progress through the, the level spells. Yeah, I kind I... of like the spell list. Um, mm -hmm. It gives you a lot of flexibility. So um, I feel like there's a good balance of you can do some healing, you can do some damage, and then there are just some really neat sounding spells for uh, manipulating the enemies or making them unstable in some kind of way so yeah just fun things grease is one of the ones i can't wait to use mm -hmm. like where you <laughs> make an area slippery and everyone falls they can't ba hold onto their sword anymore there's just some really fun spells i look forward to battlefield out. manipulation and enemy debuffing is one of my favorite types of spells like that's entire character concepts of mine have been built around that entire concept of okay how can i mess with the enemy as much as possible to make my fighter's job easier right yeah i can't wait to try some of that stuff it's gonna yeah. be great yeah definitely look for obscuring mist i really like that one uh and then glitter dust has always been my favorite 
second us brings oh. invisibility and impedes vision. Yeah. Right, exactly. I'm sorry, you're a invisible rogue, but <laughs> not anymore. You're not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we can wind up our rogue with that. That'd be good. Right? The nice. the ability to glitter bomb someone is the best spell. Let's just be real here. I can get behind that. <laughs> I thought you would. I thought you would. So other than spells, which obviously that's going to be their biggest focus, uh, what are some of the uh, interesting abilities that they have? Mostly it seems like feats, like there's nothing to me where the rogue got like a bunch of little abilities and stuff. There's nothing really like that other than spells for the druid. Yeah. Right. Now, at level 19, you do get, and I'm going to butcher this, primal hierophant. Is that how you pronounce that? Uh, I couldn't tell you you're wrong. Yay! All right, that means I'm right. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it's pretty cool. Uh, which, at level 19, anything you pick up should be really cool. The idea of 10th level spells is just really awesome. So, a 10th level spell slot. And uh, using the, the primal spell list. Sorry, I was reading that as I was going. Is pretty cool. Yeah. But yeah. I don't see a lot of versatility other than through spells. Which offers a lot of versatility as it is. Um, but I'd really be interested to see what kind of feats they can pick up that will kind of make up for that. So uh, I'm hoping, I, David, you've got some some good feats for us. <laughs> well, I, I think the, the versatility you're looking for uh, just comes from uh, using your order to your own advantage. So if you either have, you know, a strong animal companion or wild shape, you can sort of use that to, to be more of a frontline fighter. Mm -hmm. Whereas the other two, they're more casters or something along those lines. Sure. Um, but then one interesting thing is starting at level two, you can actually pick up some portions of the other another druid order if you want to sort of fill in you know the gaps and whatever you're trying to do mm -hmm. um and you know those are the things that the druid feats build upon are your orders gotcha yeah which makes sense right because that's where the class fantasy is coming from what right. kind of druid are you depends on what kind of order you're in right and then in addition to that, you've got a lot of your basic meta magic stuff. Reach spell, steady spell casting, what have you. Yeah, that that tracks. Yep. 
Um, okay. So can we get on to my favorite feat? <laughs> yes. I, yes, please. All right. So this requires a leaf order. This is on the page. So this is our, our leshy build then. Yes. All right. And, and this is, this is why I was a little, little want, curious, wondering about how, if you're already a leshy, how does this work out for you? Page 139. It's called uh, Verdant Metamorphosis. First sentence. You transform into a plant version of yourself. <laughs> so if you're already a plant, do you just become more of a plant? Don't I don't know. know. I don't I don't know how that one works. That they may have to You know what? Paisa will figure it out. It's um it's true. So this has the same effect as tree shape, except you can turn into any kind of non-creature plant. Right. And your AC is 30. Damn. Now the second paragraph that's in there. Is that the one I'm thinking of? Yes, you can recover hit points. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, Dude, you, you can you, literally be a plant. You you turn into a tree and then you just get some hit points back through sunlight. Oh, that'd be really cool if uh the leshies got that. I don't think they would, but that'd be pretty cool. The uh, ability to photosynthesize. Yeah, I've, I think that that would be very interesting. If you take your daily rest in this way, it restores you to maximum and you receive all non-permanent drained and feeble, clumsied and stupefied conditions. They're removed. Yeah. So just just think you have the druid at this level. All of a sudden, every night you just plop down in the middle of a field. He turns into a giant tree. He or she turns into a giant tree and then everybody just hangs out underneath him and and not only do they have a nice tree for shelter but they also are guarded by a creature that has an ac of 30 yeah no joke <laughs> dude is this what groot did in the guardians of the galaxy movie basically kind of sounds like it yeah Roll your arms and limbs around the whole group and protect yeah them. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Huh. Okay. That is a really cool. That that's really cool feat. How long does it take? It doesn't really say. Well, it says same effect as tree shape. Let's look at tree shape real quick. I mean, it says a single action. No, it's two. Uh, well, tree shape is two. It's a somatic oh, gotcha. and verbal. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, it's too. But still, I really want to know how that would work with a leshy when you're already a plant. Would you just turn into like a better plant? Questions. I, I yes. have them. That would be so cool. <laughs> I'm super excited about that one. So the other thing when we're talking about feats, obviously they have meta magic feats. Anytime that we're going to be talking about a caster, we're talking metamagic. Metamagic is different than it was in Pathfinder 1. 
uh, but still pretty awesome. So, what feet, first level feet did you choose, Ian? Do you happen to remember? Uh, class feet, or yeah. One second, let me pull up my sheet here. Um, I put you on the spot. You did. I do not get a first level. I don't think. I just pick Wild Order. Really? And that gives me my um, right. focus spells, I think. is So at level two is the first time I can pick a class feat. Because they're classified like, as a cast. Oh, right. right. So technically, yeah. you got Wild Shape. Yeah, Wild Shape and Wild Morph is why. Gotcha. Okay. So the other, the meta magic feats that are available at first level, you probably couldn't get at first level, which is reach and yeah. widen. Unless I did consider using like the human versatile mm -hmm. heritage or whatever that is, but uh, yeah, didn't quite seem worth it to grab those, so I didn't do that. Yeah, I think actually in our episode zero of Age of Ashes. Uh, in there, we mentioned that you were going to be human, yeah. Uh, but that changed in between, right? Zero and one. Yeah, because I hadn't read very much about it yet, and then realized that oh wait, I don't actually have. I have very few level one feats I can actually take. So. Mm -hmm. No, that makes perfect sense. Kind of once Path Builder came out and helped me realize how to build this druid, I kind of had to go back and revisit that. Yeah, I know that app is really convenient for you. Yeah. Uh, I haven't played with it much. I need, I actually need to. Oh, it's my um, lifeline for this stuff. <laughs> That's fair. It, I, it's, I have... it's the best for just building a character and seeing what you can do. Yeah. Yeah. I know a lot of people go to... Uh... Oh, man. I can't remember the name of it. The one that sells all the books that you can buy... Hero Hero Lab. Lab, that's what it is. I could not think of it. Yeah, but uh since I already buy the books, it's hard to I don't know, it's hard for me to say I'm gonna pay for them again. But yeah. uh anyway. The sort of end cap to the druid. I think is pretty great. You get true shapeshifter. Oh, yeah. Uh, which, by the way, you also get dragon shape. You can turn into a literal dragon. Oh, yeah. I can't wait for that. They're all going to be brilliant. Yeah, it's pretty great. But true shapeshifter, you can transform into a kaiju. Yeah. So a gargantuan monster? That's. Can you guys hear the sirens in the background? No, I cannot. Okay, thank goodness. All right. You said kaiju too loud. Yeah, yeah, they're coming for me. Summoned, yeah. Dude, that that's kind of scary, actually. That's interesting. The, the part about plant shape on there—if you have plant shape, you can instead transform into a 
green, giant green man. Yeah, he sounds insanely good. I might need to make sure I pick up some plant stuff to be able to do that. Yeah, uh, dip into the leaf order. Reach of 30 feet. Um, forms that he throws 100 feet and all crazy stuff. Yeah. Nice. So transforming into these huge, huge things that take up 30 by 30 foot space on the board. So I think I'm going to take up the whole room and you guys are just going to have to go somewhere else. I don't know how we're going <laughs> to fit that. Fit six char- characters? Is that how many we have? Plus yeah. gargantuan yeah. thing. I think we'll fill a whole map between us. No, 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 no. Nitka's going to ride on your back. I think everyone could ride on my back. Yeah, absolutely. Like, that is going to be so fantastic. Nobody else stand in our way. <laughs> nice. In- including the people that we're trying to help. <laughs> <laughs> They'll be like, uh, nope, nope, we're good. <laughs> we're totally good here. It's just going to be like a shark where everyone just hangs out on the back and he can't actually get anyone. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. That's fantastic. Well, I think we have talked quite a bit about the rules of a druid, but how does it feel to play? Ian? Uh, it's been really fun so far. So, um, we sort of, David touched on some of the versatility that I've kind of really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. So, picking the wild order, I have the spells. And so I can stay back and do a bit of spell casting, right? And then when I get a good opportunity, um, I can bust out some wild morph claws and run in and do some melee as well. Um, I could have built the character a bit differently and probably been quite tanky. So um, It sort of depends on what role you're trying to fill. Right. I think you have... To me, it seems like the, one of the classes where you can do almost anything. So I know previously you were talking about the rogue being the jack of all trades with the skills. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like with your actual useful your use in battle, you can kind of be a jack of all trades with the druid. So I think it gives you a lot of flexibility there, which is going to be fun to be able to change it up as we go through the game. That's super awesome. So you're not uh, thinking about switching to Barbarian? I am not. No, I'm I'm <laughs> quite enjoying the Druid the more I play it. Perfect. That's super awesome. And also, just on... Um, it's also forcing me more to consider some of the anathema. And so, um, obviously being wild um the idea is is that i don't much take to living in town or calling any place home and then also the ideas that we already discussed with not using metal weapons so it's forcing me to try and practice some of that into how i play the character Mm -hmm. which is always fun well and i feel like those things only enhance the feel of a druid and I think that's where it comes down to, I think, the Pathfinder 2 Druid gets that right. 
where the Pathfinder one druid is trying too hard. <laughs> <laughs> now, don't get me wrong. You know, when you're talking about tears, you'll you hear a lot of people who uh, spend a lot of time on forums <laughs> talking about the tears of classes. Druid is right up there next to the wizard and the cleric. You know, some some iconic, very powerful classes. Which is something I think Pathfinder 2 does really well, is kind of evens all of that out to where you're playing a specific type of druid. Yeah. So before we move on to the tangent of the week, I do want to put in a correction. And I bet a few of you guys listening probably were screaming at your podcast player when I was talking about the witch. Uh, I was wrong. The Witch has been announced. Uh, it is coming out in July of 2020 in the Advanced Player's Guide. So only nine months, guys. I only gotta wait nine months. I bet you're gonna be counting down the days. Oh, dude. Yeah. Uh, the Swashbuckler's also gonna be in there, which is another... I have a friend who, play, who loves Swashbuckler. Uh, looks like it's going to be Investigator, Oracle, Swashbuckler, Witch. And they are going to be doing a playtest for those as well, wow. for those nice. interested. So be on the lookout soon for the playtests. Yeah, the, so. the, reading about the Investigator, that sounds really interesting to me. Yeah, the Investigator is pretty cool. We'll have to... Uh, Next time we get together, do some a roundup of Paizo products of what's coming out in the next year. All right. But it, right now, it's time for uh, Beth's Tangent of the Week. So I wanted to talk about something only, I don't know, kind of related to tabletop role-playing, and that's 3D printing. And I know some of you are saying, what? How is that related at all? It isn't, strictly speaking. But I know of a lot of people who do 3D printing as a way to print miniatures. Uh, as a way to bring their characters uh, to the table. And this is how I kind of got into it. I wanted to kind of talk a little bit about my experience, which is don't go buy a printer <laughs> unless you're really into it already. What I would do is take advantage of some of the resources that may be available in your community first. Because I, I definitely, you know, if you want to go out there and print a bunch of miniatures and then work on your painting... That's cool. If you just want to print the miniatures and have them on your table as physical representations, that's cool too. But it's a very high startup cost, or at least to me, it is. You know, a cheap printer still costs you, you know, $200, $400. So I wanted to talk a little bit about how I got into it, which is through a makerspace. So my work provided a 3D printer for me to be able to do some of these things. And some companies that are larger may provide those types of things. 
for my community, our public library actually has a 3D printer and a schedule that you can use for it. So I highly recommend if printing uh, miniatures is something that's super exciting to you and you really want to get into it, but don't necessarily want that high start startup cost, go to your library. See if they have a printer. If your local library doesn't, uh, look into some other options. Talk to other hobbyists in your area. Uh, it's definitely something to look into. And finally, I did want to do to mention Hero Forge, which I know, David, that's where you got your miniature printed. That's where I got both of them. Yeah. So when I wasn't necessarily getting the results through the filament printer that I was using, because uh, I don't have a, a resin printer, for those of you guys who know, there's two different types of 3D printing. and a resin printer can do smaller, more detailed things. I don't have one of those uh, available to me. And so I was trying to do a filament and you just don't get enough detail. Hero Forge has got some seriously good detail. Uh, Nigel looks fantastic. Right. I, I totally agree. I, I was really impressed with uh, both Nigel and Jim. And I even bought the lowest quality you can get. You now, the lowest quality you can get is still 20 bucks. Yeah. Now, you can also buy the 3D model, which is, I think, 10 or something. This is not sponsored, by the way. I just wanted to talk about it. Yeah, Hero Forge is amazing. Whether you want to actually make a mini or you just want to make like a cool picture... And just take a snapshot of it. It's it's great. Get on there. You will spend an hour before you realize you've been on there for any time at all. <laughs> that's funny. Oh, that's great. I, I I showed it to a guy at work who is not into any kind of games at all. And then 20 minutes later, he's showing me a skeleton on the back of a motorcycle throwing flaming pumpkins or something. It was crazy. That's awesome. I love it. Is that going to be his Halloween decorations now? No, because then I showed him how much it costs to actually get one. And... <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think when you have a mount, it costs a little bit more, too. Well, that and, I mean, it's only going to be a couple inches tall, so. Right. <laughs> yeah, I was actually talking to my husband today about how, you know, uh, like my mother and other people I know have the Christmas villages you know when in miniature and stuff nice i need to do that only with with D, &D miniatures and pathfinder miniatures which i have quite a few of <laughs> i need to like build little houses for them and stuff that'd be neat yeah yeah there's a couple uh so uh the reaper bones kickstarter just went live since we're talking about miniatures uh like i think just two days ago and man, some of those things looks really cool. There's a bridge with a troll. This is pretty cool. Uh, I always remind people whenever I mention Kickstarter, you're not going to get those minis for two years. 
uh, now it says April, I think 2021 is what the Kickstarter says. But just be aware of that. If you're looking for something that's going to be more immediate, uh, you look at some stuff that's on the Reaper's website. But that being said, it's still pretty cool. So I wanted to end this episode with a little bit of news. <laughs> and this is something that showed up in my feed that made me literally do a double take. And I cannot believe is real. Guys, have you heard of the new RPG called Feast of Legends? No, but I am intrigued. <laughs> Feast of Legends is a new tabletop role-playing game created by Wendy's. That's right. The fast food place. <laughs> Please go to feastoflegends.com. It's bizarre. All right, I'm on there now. Uh, you can download the PDF. It's completely free. It is, I think, 96 pages of just... 97, excuse me. 97 pages of just off the wall. It is a full rule set uh, with an adventure. And I do believe that uh, Critical Role. Critical Role is going to be... Uh, doing a one-shot with it. But it is called The Fight Against Frozen Beef. And you are servants of Queen Wendy. First of her name, breaker of fast food chains, defender of all things fresh, never frozen. No. Oh, no. I'm overloaded with puns. Fresh Tovia is known for its lush fields and signature dishes. Yeah. This queen sounds, Wendy is the queen of Fresh Tovia. No, it sounds... <laughs> it sounds ridiculous. <laughs> I need to read this. We may need to do a one-shot. Uh, <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Uh, it's the realm of Beef's Keep. Uh, you have the Top Bun Mountains and the Bottom Bun Mountains as well as the Deep Freeze, but obviously the Deep Freeze is the bad guys here. Uh, it is a bit of a D&D &D, uh, what did I call it? Skin. So even looking at it, it's got, you know, the pale tan pages, the red text. It really gives a D&D 5th Ed feel. You have advantage, disadvantage. Your stats, so you have strength and intelligence, uh, same as D&D. Then you have charm, arcana, and grace. Which is pretty cool. Uh, what was the other thing? Oh, yes. I think I've, I've skipped ahead, but I'm loving the names of these orders that you get to choose. Yeah, so the orders are their classes. Yeah. The order of the Baconator. 
order of the <laughs> chicken sandwich. This is this is brilliant. Uh, order of the chicken nuggets. Yep. Do, do you have to be a halfling to be the order of the junior bacon cheeseburger? <laughs> Asking the important questions. I like it. Tight, compact, and packs a punch. Mm-hmm. That seems to fit well. These characters appreciate the great flavor of many things coming together in one tight space. <laughs> no. Is Order of the Chili an alchemist? Oh. <laughs> I don't know. I'll stop. I'll stop. Oh my gosh, I'm dying. I'm looking for it right now. Order of the Chili is slow, yet passionate. <laughs> Uh, I I want to GM this just for the jokes. I know, it's pretty bad. Good luck finding a master of the Order of the Chili outside of Fresh Tovia. <laughs> uh, my personal favorite is Order of the Baked Potato, in which there is art of a baked potato wearing a witch's hat. What page is that? Uh, 22. It's ridiculous. Oh my gosh. The art throughout this entire book is fantastic. Does someone uh, have to carry you around? Like, what? I don't get it. <laughs> I don't think you're literally a baked potato. Maybe? No. Well, that's not half as much fun. I mean, at level five, you do get to be fully loaded. <laughs> It's time to load someone up with all the fixins. I can't. I can't. So bad. <laughs> oh, jeez. They do include a quick start guide and they have character sheets. They also have, which I actually thought this was kind of neat. They have, uh, they aren't necessarily pre-made characters, but like they have a character sheet for Order of the Double Stack. So all you have to do is fill in your name, your uh, hit points, things like that. Uh, but it has all your stats on it already. So it's pretty cool. I guess you could call them pregens. They just don't have your name or photo, which is interesting. Uh, the adventure is called Rise from the Deep Freeze. Uh, where you pretty much fight McDonald's. So, you know, that's a thing. Yeah, I just, in terms of a marketing ploy, this is pretty good. I, I really want to know who wrote this. Where's the credits? Credits the illustrator at the end. Uh, I can't see for story. Huh. Well, we'll have to find out. I wonder if they've perhaps done this in conjunction with Wizards. Uh, but I don't see any branding on that. And you'd think if they did that with in conjunction with them. I don't know. We'll have to f try yeah. to find out who wrote it because I really, I really want to credit. I really want to credit that person with 
I mean, they wrote a game, guys. That's impressive in and of itself. They even included a dice roller on the website. Yeah, I was definitely going to mention that. I I really want to roll the stat, uh, like, do some statistics on it. This looks pretty good. Just don't get Chad to test it. He'll always <laughs> defeat the odds and roll low. Dude, this is a weird dice roller. So if you roll a d20 and then you press the plus button, it'll just increase it for forever. But it doesn't like say that you've increased it. So you can be like, yeah, I totally rolled a 30. See, here it is on the website. <laughs> That's funny. Anyway, Wendy's uh, dice out. rollers are OP. Uh, there's something. Uh. <laughs> I personally would still recommend using the Wizards one. I think that one's still out there, but it seems it seems okay. The fact yeah. that they provided it is cool. Yeah, like, they obviously paid someone to write this. That's that's pretty cool. Uh, also, you can order Wendy's. I wonder if they'd let you play this game at Wendy's. I mean, they would have to, right? I'm pretty sure that's the law. It's, it's the law of the land at Wendy's, yeah. Yeah, I think you have to. It's called Beef's Keep. Do the staff have to take the roles of the NPCs? Oh, I would man. love it. Yeah. I would say yes. Yeah. Actually, no. The local Wendy's people would be like, no, get out of here. <laughs> like, no, we're not doing this. <laughs> we've got we've dealt with too many shitty people today. Get out. Oh, geez. I I have no idea why. Just I to be a fly on the wall at this corporate meeting. While a bunch of suits were like, you know what'd be cool? Making a tabletop game. What are all the kids into these days? I mean, gaming has obviously hit the big time if Wendy's is writing an RPG. We are yeah. out of the shadows. And on a more serious note, this is exposure to the hobby. Absolutely. Definitely. Uh, to the masses. I think a lot of people are going to read this in their news feed and go, ha ha, that's... But it's still putting tabletop role-playing in, in the world. So I can't be too mad at it as much as I think it's weird as a marketing ploy. <laughs> uh, it's still putting us out there. So I guess any exposure is good exposure? Maybe. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of cool. I like it. Wait. What? All right. I I have to read this because this is weird. This is a <laughs> game where you become the character, create, and act out the adventure. Get your friends together, and that one guy from work that always explains the intimate details of every graphic novel he reads, and dive into the game. Thanks, Wendy's. Uh-oh. That guy's my office mate. Ugh. 
Thanks, Wendy's. Well, on that note. All right. Wrap this up. I think so. Well, let's start with our usual thanks. We'll thank uh, Paizo for making Pathfinder. Wizards of the Coast and what Wizards of the Coast was before Wizards of the Coast for making D&D. And everybody else who helped make D&D and Pathfinder a thing. Uh, If you want to reach us, our our email is DysonSlicePodcast at gmail.com. We've got our Facebook page at Facebook.com slash DyceAndSlicePodcast. And our Twitter actually changed. It is. It's uh, Dyson Slice Pod. Yes. And then our uh, Instagram is Dice and Slice Podcast. Uh, and you know, if if you like what we do, please go to one or all or whatever you want to do, and you know, drop us a like, a comment, what you think we did right, what you think you did wrong. We welcome Action. any. Any and all We've feedback. Been getting a lot of comments about uh, corrections, and it has been some of the most respectful. Like, hey, I think you kind of messed up here, and here's how. And in no way is it rude. It's been fantastic. I really love those types of interactions. So keep them coming, guys. If we say something and you're like, mm, that's not quite right, obviously be respectful, but come let us know. Yeah, I totally agree. All right. So, say bye. Bye, everybody. Yeah. Bye. The intro song, Pamgea, and this very song that's starting up right now, Vibase, were all created and composed by Kevin McLeod. You can check out more of his work and the work of many others over at Incompetech.com. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you on the next adventure.